Been a while since I've been up on this view here. Y'all looking great. Happy. I like that. And I want to talk today about the voice of the messenger. And uh, that's you. You are the messenger that God's assigned to us in this day and the hour. The Lord spoke to me two Sundays ago that he is transitioning, transforming, really is what he was saying, this house, you and I, to a people who just receive, to a people who are giving and going. Because faith without action is absolutely not what Christ intended. So he wants you people to run. He wants me to run. And the Lord spoke to me of another word that complacency is my deadliest enemy. Complacency is your deadliest enemy. Why is that? Because it makes us not want to do anything. We just want to listen. We want to sit. We want to come to the altar and receive. And uh, it strips us of our voice. It strips us of our courage. It is nothing good about complacency. And you, today, I want to I kick you, <laughs> so to speak, to rid yourself of this thought of complacency. Now, I've been there, done that, really for about 10 years. Uh, after you've been a preacher for a long time, you want to take a little sabbatical, which is fine. God does that. But my sabbatical went from two years to three years to seven years maybe even 10 years, where I found that I was spiraling down and not up. And then God finally said to me, you better say yes to what his plan is. And I did say yes to Pastor Darren a, a week or two ago, three weeks, whatever that, four weeks ago. And since that time, the complacency is leaving me. And I want to help you to know that the purpose of God will not be taken from you. And each and every one, no matter what age, has a destiny, has a, a voice as a messenger of God. There's no doubt about it. Now, I was also very aware of the time we live in. We have to be aware of the times we're living in. Uh, Brian Rage has said, it's not the last days. He says it's not even the last hours. He says it's not even the last minutes. It's the last seconds of Christ coming back again. Now, you may not believe that, or you may, but I'm looking at the lands of Gog and Magog, out of Isaiah, Ezekiel 38, forming an alliance, and that would be the lands of, of Russia, Iran, and China. I mean, that's all biblical. We have to be aware of the times, and we got to get off of our seats and begin telling people that there's something going on here. All right, I'm going to look at a couple of, of uh, people in the Bible today. I want to look at John the Baptist and uh, um, uh, Elijah. Because they have merged, and that is, both of those are messengers of God. And that spirit of Elijah and the spirit of John the Baptist has merged 
in Christ, of course. Christ is all those things, but it's merged into you. That is the message that we are heralding today, that Christ is coming the second time soon. Repent, change your ways. And we have to take the message out there. And the spirit of Elijah is one that comes with power. I mean, there is nothing about Elijah that's nothing but miracles and power and all that uh, accumulates in Christ in me, the hope of glory. We are the temple of God. <laughs> we have all that is needed. So when I look at you and your purpose in God, I see a David who gathered five stones and twirled that thing and killed a giant. How many have slain a few giants in here? Well, there's more to come. Or I see David also taking 400 D's, uh, debtors and distressed and, and uh, whatever the other one was, discouraged. And he formed them into a mighty army, a mighty man of God. I see you doing that. Maybe some of you are already doing that with people you're around. Or, or I see a Gideon. Who, who grabbed and, and submitted to God and brought a band of 300 together. And, and then he went out and, by God's power, uh, defeated the, the enemy. Uh, uh, Moses as well. He led out people from captivity. Now, there are people that are still in slavery and in bondage to the ways of the world, to Satan himself. And I believe that as I look at you, there are several of you that could be Moseses, and I believe that's in all of us. There's, there's something in us that doesn't want to give up. There's something in us that wants to be used by God for mighty things. Elijah was another one. Called down fire from heaven. And you know what the beauty of these people are? All of them were just like you and I. They had so many issues in their life, but God transformed them to be used mightily. Just to say a few of the ones I mentioned. David, he uh, was an adulterer and a murderer, okay? And uh, Moses, he was stuttered and had anger issues. Okay, I've had a few of the anger issues. Gideon was a coward. And uh, Elijah, he was depressed and and ran from a woman. How many face depression in your life? Right? You still got that thing going. You know, Elijah's there. John the Baptist, he was a recluse. A recluse. Wanted to be by himself. But God transformed them. Say, but God. And he can do that in your life. If you're going to college, young people, look for the people that need to hear. The word of God. Look for the people that need salvation. Look for people that need healing or whatever it would be. I believe the day we live in, we are entirely needing to do the work of evangelist, the work of the messenger. If we don't, we're going to see loved ones and everybody else succumb to the evil one for sure. John the Baptist, he believed that the message of his hour was to repent and be transformed. And that's exactly the same message we're coming with today. <laughs> the spirit of John the Baptist is being brought forth. And I want to look at some scriptures here uh, on, on about John the Baptist and things like that. So you understand 
I'm not talking about just him. I'm talking about the calling of the messenger. And so if we could turn to Isaiah 40, verse 3 and on. I just got to get my Bible here. Okay. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Okay. Say voice. You got to have the voice. You got to speak. If you're complacent, that voice is gone. But you got to have the voice. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And we are preparing people that Jesus is coming back soon. That's, that's the highway we're preparing. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. Okay, we're looking at wilderness, desert, valleys, mountains, obstacles. Your message will absolutely transform and bring down those obstacles in other people's life. So why are we keeping it? It, it changed me. How about you? I mean, my gosh, when I finally said yes to God at 30 years of age, I think, July 28th at 1030 at night, I saw Christ up there when they prayed for me. I did the sinner's prayer. My life was transformed. Now, people need that transformation. They need it because that's when they're on the highway to Christ at that point. <laughs> and then uh, we look at that next verse. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. So that's, is that a definite statement? Yeah. So when you're the voice of God which we're called to be, his glory is going to be with you. I want to see his glory more and more. How about you? Yeah. And all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And then in verse 6, again, I want to highlight, the voice said, the voice speaks. That's why complacency is so bad. We're just sitting back. We're not talking. We're not helping people. You got to speak the words of God, which are the words of life. And then we go down to verse 9. O Zion, and what's Zion? Church, all right? O Zion, you who bring good tidings, get up into the high mountains of Jerusalem. You who bring good tidings, lift up your voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Now, this is what we are doing today as messengers. We need to lift up our voice with strength. That thing that Pastor Cammy said about courage this morning is so right on. Because we're, complacency steals our courage. Everything tries to steal our courage. What I found through my long time in the Lord, 43, 4 years now, when you start to talk to somebody about the Lord, they're interested. They want to hear what you have to say. Maybe it's because of the white hair. I'm not sure. But, but they want to hear what you have to say. And if I never lift up my voice, I can probably count maybe 100 people that have come to the Lord because of, of different things I've said and 
particularly overseas, like in Russia, when I went there for, for so many times, 10 times, those Russians were hungry. When I'd preach the word or when I'd lay hands on them and do prophetic Elijah ministry with them, uh, then they were transformed. They were changed. Now, we, we're not keeping track, of course. I got my tally bag. But I believe when we get to heaven, we're going to be greatly surprised at the amount of people that are there because of our words and what we've said and done for them. You agree? <laughs> Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule them. You can trust God. He's, gonna, he's well able to make the change in people's life. Agreed? Okay, I want you to look at um, Isaiah 60. So here it is again. Arise and shine, for your light has come. You need to tell your neighbor, my light has come. It's the time we cannot hold back. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon who? You, me. For behold, now this is the day we live in, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But, say but, the Lord will arise over who? You. He will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Now I want you to go to Malachi. We're getting purpose here. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day is coming, <laughs> burning like an oven. We must keep that in our minds. There is a day coming, burning like an oven here on this earth. Amen. And all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble, and the day which has come shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them neither root nor branch. But listen, but, I love all the buts in the Bible. <laughs> that sounds funny, but. <laughs> no, it's not two T's, one T. <laughs> but to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow fat like calves. <laughs> Your dad used to raise the calves. And that's how I got to know him at, at 4-H, you know, and different things like that. And, uh, the cranes from Hartsburg. And uh, so I, I understand about the fat calves. <laughs> um, let me ask you a question. Well, maybe you shouldn't answer it, I guess. But how many have laid hands on somebody and asked God to heal them? Yeah, I mean, a lot. Now, if you've never done that, the Bible says that is your right as a believer, as a messenger of God, as an Elijah-type person, a prophetic-type person, to lay hands on people or just minister healing. 
And if you've never done that, you ought to try it. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty good. And that's healing is lots of ways. I've seen um, uh, several people in Russia get inner healing because of, of abuse from a father and, and, and uh, saw a murder right in front of her, Sushi. And, and she, she got murdered. And, I mean, uh, her dad got murdered by this man. She had, then the man was only in jail for 10 years and got out, and she was scared to death that he was going to come and, and uh, get her. When we ministered to her, laid hands on her, that whole thing, she cried and cried and cried. There are so many hurts in people. There are so many things that God wants you to be a messenger of healing for the things of their past, for the abuses of life, whatever that would be, as well as physical healing. I'm really curious since I said yes to what God wants me to do, got out of my lazy chair, so to speak, which hasn't been easy this three weeks to deliver a word. I want you to know that. But it's not because I haven't done it so well so long. And uh, uh, I believe that yes has brought a measure of great healing to my back. So I'm thinking my <laughs> a lot of us that are suffering, maybe it's because we haven't really said yes. We haven't become what he Get back to the, get on the saddle again, so to speak, you know. Let's ride this horse for a while, but not for a while, forever. And, and join Jesus and his white horse <laughs> riding together. Come on. How many like horses? <laughs> you bet. <laughs> oh, wow. And I got stuck there. <laughs> uh, verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. And this is. Behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. The prophetic ministry is coming back, and we're going to see that that is John the Baptist. So there's going to be a merging of the prophetic Elijah ministry with the voice of repentance through John, and that's the kind of thing that we do as believers. Before, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Okay, so we got, I, I see this as a combination of prophetic ministry, apostolic ministry that is coming together. All right, now let's turn. I'm getting closer to Luke 1. I'm making my way so that you can see, hear the voice of the messenger that he wants out of you and I today. Say the word transformers. Now, think about that. I mean, how many saw the movie Transformers? Yeah, I mean, I've seen a little bit of that. They become another person. And that's the thing about that. They come a big, strong, nothing can beat them. That's what God has for us. When we are transformed, we become another person. <laughs> a spirit man. A spirit man. Instead of a natural man, we are a spiritual man. But let's take the step to do it. Yes, Lord, I am going to be a messenger of yours. Trust him. Believe him. 
Okay, this guy here, pretty interesting story, story in Luke 1. Zacharias, all right. That is the daddy of John the Baptist. All right, so they were barren. We know the story, but I'll try to recap it here. They were barren, and uh, so uh, an angel comes and says to him, uh, I, got a, I got a kid in your wife's tummy that is going to be a man of God. And, uh, but he didn't say it like that. But the, but the angel said to him, where's that? Verse 11, when an, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear, oh my gosh, fear fell upon him. Is that a natural response? If you saw an angel, would you be fearful? I don't know. We'll have to see how that goes. Lord, show us some angels. Look around. My wife's an angel, by the way. Yep. Sorry, honey, but yep. Uh, where was I? Verse 12. And then Zacharias saw him, and he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. And the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And so then um, verse 15 is, is our mission here and, and through there. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And I believe that's us right here that... We are great in the sight of the Lord. We are little in our own sight, aren't we? I can only see my weaknesses and my failings continually. That's what the devil throws up. And I don't know about you, and you know, I, I am not a super outgoing pe person, more like Cammy uh, is, in my opinion. There's times when I'm outgoing, but so these things uh, come upon you, but he we will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's the key. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. There's a turning coming. And here's, here's verse 17 where it ties in. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah, turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make, make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That is what we're doing. In the spirit and the power of Elijah, power of Elijah, merging with the heralding or the message of repentance, that's what's in us, the voice of the messenger. So never minimize the power of God in you. Matter of fact, you should be seeking for it, asking God. And then you just need to practice it, step out, say, in the name of Jesus. And see what happens. See what happens. And then look at, I wanted to bring up verse 18. And Zacharias said to the angel, come on, he's got this huge angel in front of him. Wouldn't that be enough? He just gave you all this encouraging stuff. And then he says, how shall I know this? Because I just told you. 
for I am an old man and my wife is well beyond advanced in years. <laughs> I think I've said that one. <laughs> I, I, I. Don't you hear it? It's all about me, my limitations, my inabilities. But the angel, I think he gets a little upset here. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. So then the angel said, okay, buddy, you are mute for one full year because you did not believe. Now, I don't want to be mute for one full year, do you? Our belief system needs to be activated. When God says it, so be it. And that reminds me then, and what did he say there? Verse 20, and behold, you shall be mute and not able to speak until these things take place. So nine months about. Because you did not believe, there's a reason, you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Sad, isn't it? I've been guilty of not believing what's been said or the callings and the giftings of God. I don't know. But there's hope. If we just go a little farther in the, in the um, chapter 1, we see Mary who gets the same angel. And this time she says, well, how can this be so? Same question that Zacharias did, but Mary's was just, hey, I'm a woman, I'm young, I've never had sex with anybody. How can this be, angel? Just maybe tell me. I don't, she's not doubting in her heart at all. Zacharias was doubting. That's a big difference. And uh, so then the angel explains to her what's going to happen. And, um, and he says, for with God, verse 37, nothing will be impossible. And then verse 38, I like this. She said, this is her words. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. I think you need to say that. Let it be to me according to your word. If God says it, it shall be so. Wow. Believe it or not, I'm, I'm toward the end here. I'm very close. Darren won't be happy with me. To recap, <laughs> this is what Darren does two or three times. To recap, sorry, Darren. <laughs> the voice, I love you, brother. <laughs> I do, I really do. Complacency is your deadliest enemy. But we're going to get out of our seats a little bit. We're going to run forward and say, heck with you, complacency. I'm going to be a man or a woman of action. That's what I think anyway. Yeah. You know, when, when I was born again, this may take a while. The zeal of the Lord absolutely consumed me. And it lasted 
I mean, a long time, 30, 40 years it lasted, 30 anyway. But then when that complacency comes in, your zeal's gone. You lose your zeal. Maybe, maybe it's church life that made you lose zeal. Maybe it's somebody spoke something to you or, or you saw some things that you didn't understand about pastors or anybody in the church. And that zeal began to wane. God wants us to remain, remain with the zeal of the Lord in our life. We're going to pray for that God to return the zeal of the Lord to our life. Because he, you have a great purpose and a great calling in your life. Jersey wants to use you. Just wanted to say that. And Emma. Psalms 110.3 says, your people shall be willing in the day of your power. Or volunteers, it says, or willing in the day of your power. Are you willing? Have I kicked you enough today to make you willing? To get back on the horse? Yeah. Or the motorcycle, whichever you like. A revived church has its eyes on a harvest field. Who's out there, Lord? I think we should start being aware of our surroundings, don't you? Who's out there? Who needs, who's hurting today? Just go love on them. Put your arms around them, uh, you know, if they let you. But anyway, do something to show your love to them. And then maybe that'll open a door where a deeper conversation will take place. And once you open a door to a person's life, to their very inner soul, you can be an effective minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help them to turn back to the Lord if they had once been with the Lord. Or maybe I was a Lutheran and I thought I was born again, but I was not born again. I was water baptized, sprinkle, sprinkle, but I was not, I didn't repent. I, my, my, my parents repented, I was a baby, but, for me, I mean, but when I got born again, it was just totally different. And that's the message we have to carry. Today's the day. Be aware of the times we live in. I, what do you agree with, Brian? I do. I think it's the last hour anyway. Okay, Brian, you want second. Second, it's right at the end. I mean, I know they've been saying that for years and years, but we've got some things going on we've never had before. I think we're only a minute away from being another Canada or a minute away from being another Ukraine saw a picture on, on uh, somebody sent of Ukrainian people in the snow on their knees with a two-by-two two praying for God to intervene in their country. America is, we're mesmerized with our, our prosperity and everything, but it can leave in a second. Like the stock market is left for a second. Or more. It just happens. 
It's not about politics. Although I wish politics would change. It's about Christ. Him being raised up. Him alone being raised up. That's your job. We can't just rely on it. Sure, we're going to pray it in, but God wants action as well. He wants us to do something. Find somebody. Touch them. Love on them. 